Greetings and welcome to our show, Fresh Geek Context. It is here we discuss insightful views on a routine, bi-weekly basis over the incredibly nerdy things we can't stop talking about. To take you on this dorky ride are your hosts, Josh. Heyo! And myself, Jace. And for today's episode, it's going to be our first exclusive interview episode. We have with us our guest, Mike, a.k.a. Vegito EX, from Kanzen Shu, discussing what it's like to deal within the Dragon Ball community and some questions that we have from the Twitter community. So why don't you take a seat, sit back, relax. We're here to do all the heavy lifting. It is about to get nerdy. Yeah, uh, we just want to, again, introduce Mike. How's it going, Mike? Oh, is that, that my is cue? Your cue? Hi, I'm here, yeah. <laughs> that is your cue, I swear absolutely. to God, I'm here. I'm paying attention. <laughs> That's always a good Excellent. thing. How you doing today, Mike? Um, great. Thanks uh, so much for having me, guys. Uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, no one ever asks us to talk, so it's nice when <laughs> someone asks us to talk. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we like to hear you talk. You know, uh, we're big fans of the podcast, so we listen to you talk all the time, which is great. Uh, we just listened to the last episode where I believe you did the uh, Dragon Ball GT uh, episodes. What was it, 32 to 35? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Uh, closing in on the end of that arc there. Yeah, definitely. So we're almost still done with the uh, Super Baby arc there. And uh, but yeah, thank you for, for being on this show with us today. Yeah, you got it. Um, so for all of our listeners who, you know, who are not really familiar with Kanzenshu or not familiar with you, Mike, uh, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are? Oof, yeah. <laughs> How do you condense 20 years into brief? Right? Uh, so <laughs> uh, I am one of the four people currently responsible for running a website. Um, I don't know if people know what websites are anymore in 2018. <laughs> Uh, I know we are in the age of social media, uh, but it's Kan Zen Shu. It's actually a combination of two prior fan sites. Maybe we can talk about that a little later. Yeah. Uh, we are a fan site dedicated to covering uh, a specific series called Dragon Ball. Uh, it's a cartoon and comic series from Japan. Uh, I started my site in January 1998. I was 15 or 16 years old when I did that. So you can kind of do the math from there (laughs) appropriately. Uh, I started out just doing a little links page because everyone else had already done everything. What was I going to add to uh, the discussion at that point? And it just really grew from there. Uh, We cover news uh, very in-depth all across the globe, focusing on Japan, of course. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, very in-depth guides about the series, uh, things like, yeah, sure, the home home video releases, all that kind of stuff, but also kind of in-universe things as well. Uh, we're very much known for our extensive translation work. Uh, two of the four of us, I say us as if I'm one of these two, I, I'm not, have <laughs> passed have passed the uh, highest level of the Japanese language proficiency test. They are effectively professional translators. Uh, We go back and dig into reference material uh, all the way back from even before Dragon Ball and all the way through. We we try to keep up with new things as well, but we're interested in the history of Dragon Ball. Uh, We think that's what really shapes your understanding uh, of the series itself and of its author and its producers. Uh, so that's a, a big thing, what we do. And yeah, I get a podcast. Uh, I've been doing the podcast for something like over 12 years now, uh, yeah. sort of on a weekly basis. You know, I, I try <laughs> after you've been doing it for over a decade. Now you're allowed to slide every week or so. <laughs> for but, sure. Uh, that, that's kind of just a rough overview of, of me. Uh, I'm, primarily responsible for the news on the website, but I do a lot of guide work as well. Uh, I yeah. host and edit and produce the podcast and I'm in some ways kind of like the most visible and audible face of consent you. Um, sure. but I don't know. That's me. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, thank you for that. I mean, you know, you're saying that you've been doing it for 12 years and I'm sitting here like, you know, we've done this for two years and I'm already a little bit tired, but you know, you keep on trucking. Uh, lots of coffee, lots of coffee, man. That's what we need, Jace. We need more coffee. Well, more, That's more, more coffee. We'll, uh, we'll make that happen. We'll make uh, arrangements, but it's, uh, it's interesting that you said that you've been doing this for so long and, uh, you know, Josh and I, we've been doing this. I think we started talking about the final stages of actually starting our first episode in August 2016. And uh, we were talking about all of the, you know, weird provisions that we had to make. And uh, we were always talking about consistency. So, you know, Mm, it's glad to see that, you know, a lot of the things that we're doing are things that you had been doing all all of this time. So, yeah, let's get started with the interview. so you've already said what is Kazanshu, so we're not going to go back into that. What I would say for the follow-up question for that is, what would you say was your goal when you first started it? Yeah, so I got my first online computer in late 1997. Uh, I had been a fan of Dragon Ball for a couple of years at that point. I already knew all of the websites that were out there. There were plenty of what there was an entire generation of fan websites about Dragon Ball, uh, and I felt like they already did it all. They covered it. They were doing news. They were doing documentation. They were even doing some translation stuff. Sure. Uh, what was I going to add to the discussion? But uh, when you get so heavily into something, you feel like you you got to do something. You need to. Continue contribute in right. some way. Mm-hmm. So I figured, uh, all right, so guys, think back, 1998, uh, Google <laughs> didn't exist. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. So uh, you're if so you right. wanted to know... If you wanted to know about things, how to find things, uh, Yahoo existed. Yahoo had a human-controlled directory mm-hmm. that you would manually submit to, and a real live human being on the other end would decide whether you were worthy or not of being listed <laughs> in that subcategory. Sure. So, so I said to myself, all right, I know all of the Dragon Ball websites. I knew all the big ones, of course, but I knew a lot of the, the up-and-coming ones as well. So I made Vegito EX's Ultimate DBZ Links page. In January 1998. I'm like, perfect. This is what I want to do. I want to be kind of like the hub to find new things. Mm. Over the course of a couple months, uh, I started doing more things. I was writing. Not well, but I was writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was recording sounds. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was scanning some photos or just acquiring things. I'm like, well, I, I got to share this, right? Like, this is what you do with things. Right. So the the site transitioned into Vegito EX's homepage, and it, it just became a, a very natural continuation of that. And around this time, you know, you're 15, you're 16. What do you want? You, you want validation. You want attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I recently dug up some old copies of my website, and at the bottom of the the page, it's like, I want Vegito EX to be a household name. <laughs> <laughs> did you seriously actually write that on your? Yep, yep, I sure did. So I, I guess that was maybe part of my motivation back then. I have no sure. recollection of it, but I wrote it and, and I guess it was there. Uh, but it really just was, I'm acquiring things. I'm learning, I'm learning new things. Like, I, I just got to share all of this. Right. And, and so the site just evolved more and more. Uh, I would add sections. I would remove sections. I had a humor section for a while. Who needs a humor page when there are 80 bazillion other humor <laughs> Dragon Ball web pages back then? Right. Of course. Uh, 
and, and that turned into, you know, I just kept changing and adapting and rebranding the website. It turned into something I called Daizenshu EX. Uh, the EX I took from my screen name. Uh, and speaking of screen name, I chose the name Vegito. Um, let no one say that Vegito EX never cared about strength debates. Uh, I chose the name Vegito because he was the strongest character and I wanted to win my role playing in AOL chat rooms. So, there you go. That's right, how you I win. Have the, I have that on record now. <laughs> and I took the EX from uh, Street Fighter EX. So I made the website Daizenshu EX. The Daizenshu, they're effectively a series of encyclopedias about the Dragon Ball franchise. So that's why I named the site. I thought that was, it's this all encompassing encyclopedia about Dragon Ball. I was right. doing news and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, and the site has just continued to evolve and change over the years. Uh, so my goals were, you know, initially, I guess, get popular, but uh, just <laughs> share things, just be involved, learn, meet new people, um, spread information. Uh, and, and I just wanted to keep going. I was having so much fun working on the site. It, it just kind of all fed back into itself at that point. Yeah. And you kind of never stopped from there pretty much. No, I, I took my ball and went home for like a little bit under a year in 2001, 2002. That was kind of like the worst time to be online in Dragon Ball fandom back sure. then. I was a little fed up with things. And I say that and I go back and look at my, my site from those times. Now. I was like, I'm still doing news updates. Even when I said I was shutting down the website for a while, I, I guess I never really went away. I can't trust a word I say. <laughs> and then uh, I, I relaunched in uh, 2003 uh, and the site really... I would say really took shape at that point. And I, I just kept going. Sure. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, earlier that you said you wanted Vegito EX to kind of be a household name. And part of me actually would argue that is a, a name well known throughout the Dragon Ball community, um, just based off, you know, the website now and everything like that. So I would say you kind of did meet that goal. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, mean, I don't know about my name anymore, but the website name certainly has some cachet. Uh, yeah. And that makes me happy. Yeah, that's good. I, I will. I um, want to say just one quick thing before you, you know, we continue on with the interview. I, yeah. you said a name that I, I got transported back to high school. You said Dyes and Chew, and I was like, oh man, I was on that website all the freaking time. Like I, yeah, I lived on that page. I was like, I need to know more. I need to know more. And I, I don't know. It's like in my head, I guess. I knew it was you, but I didn't really equate it. I was like, holy crap, I'm talking to the same guy. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm having a moment is what, what's happening right now. So, uh, nice. Yeah, please, this is, this is, okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to turn it over to Josh. <laughs> that, that was his little uh, fanboy moment, and I'm not going to lie, I'll probably have one or two in a little bit here. Um, <laughs> but as you mentioned, you are one of the four people who do run Konzenshi, right? So yep. you have, you know, Julian, you have Heath, you have Herms in there, um, aka Todd, I guess, well, Todd, a.k.a. Herms, I guess, right? Well, hold on a second. (laughs) All right, so I need to get this out in the open. So, Herms, his name is Jake. Okay, Uh, Jake, there we go. (laughs) Todd Blankenship, uh, I don't know how old you guys are and how old uh, a lot of audience members are. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you know the skit, uh, is it like Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy from SNL? Yes. Uh, Todd Blankenship is a, is a fake name from one of those skits. Uh, so people think Jake's name is Todd because he put that in his Twitter handle. And right, it always exactly. amuses me when people call it like, hey, are you friends with Todd? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm friends with Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy for sure. 
Yeah, I you know, I listened to the show and I do know you do say Jake, and then that's why I was looking through, you know, the feeds again and I was like, why is there a Todd? I don't remember a Todd. <laughs> I'm sure it was something else with a J, but anyway. I mean, he doesn't help <laughs> things by just keeping it in there, but whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> but my question to you would be like, how did you, you know, convince Julian, convince Heath, convince Jake to, to come over here with you? Uh, well, that's my secret mutant power, isn't it? Is that I convince the best of the best. Uh, so Julian, I knew again, dating myself, I knew from news groups, uh, alt.fan.dragonball. Uh, yeah. Web-based message boards existed at the time, but prior to that, uh, I cut my teeth on Usenet. Uh, that's where the original generation of English speaking Dragon Ball fans were, uh, all the website maintainers. Uh, and that's where I went and that's where sure. I initially met Julian, uh, just a part of that community. Julian worked for maybe like two months <laughs> on a website <laughs> called Planet Namek. I'm not sure if anyone remembers that site. They were around for a short hot minute back then as well. Extremely popular website. Yeah. Uh, and as, as soon as he joined, they kind of shut down. So <laughs> Julian <laughs> didn't really have anything going on. And that was around the time where I had taken my ball and went home for a little bit. And I'm like, all right, I, I still want to do things. I'm going to relaunch Daisen X. And so I reached out to Julian's like, Hey, you know, you're starting to learn Japanese. That would, that seems like that would be beneficial to me down the road. Uh, <laughs> you're also just a nice person. Would you be interested in working on this, uh, relaunch of this, this website with me? Cause at that point it, it was just me. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I'd love to. Uh, and, and we knew each other. So that was great. Uh, and we just continued that working relationship and that friendship. Julian is absolutely one of my best friends. It's not just someone that I work with. It's, sure. it's, it's one of my best friends. Uh, and then Heath started a website called Kanzentai in 2005. He had always been a fan dating back to you know, the same time that I was initially, uh, but wasn't involved in anything, wasn't really doing much. He just had his own pet projects on the side. But he launched a new site in 2005, and it was very much like Daisenshu EX. Uh, he was doing a lot of news and documentation. Uh, he was documenting things that I wasn't getting around to. So it was a really nice compliment to what I was doing. Sure. And just over the next couple of years there, uh, you know, we had a, a giant forum attached to our website. So he decided, and he's told me this, like, why would I make a forum? You already have the biggest forum. There's no point in competing. You know, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Right. So he would just hang out on my forum. Uh, and then, so then over those next couple of years, it was just this kind of like silently nodding at each other from afar. Like you're doing cool stuff, aren't you? Yeah, you're doing cool stuff, aren't you? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so he just kept going. And then in the meantime, he had someone that he was working with on Constantine that was doing some kind of like basic translation work. Uh, that person didn't stick around for, t for too long. Meanwhile, uh, Jake was getting very, very involved on my forum, uh, just constantly posting, teaching people things, doing some initial translation work, just so much from the Daisenshu, the guidebooks, uh, and the way that I picked up Julian Heath effectively did with Jake, where it's, hey, you're learning, you know, Japanese, that seems like it would be beneficial to me down the road. Mm -hmm. Would sure. you like to work with me on Constantine? And much to Heath's chagrin, uh, Jake would just keep posting things on my forum as opposed to over <laughs> on their website. So uh, just very, very quickly, especially right there in, in 2008, really, is when we all decided we're, we're all just good friends. Uh, there is no animosity like between these websites at all. I right. think you'll notice if you go back into the ancient archives, 
we were just playing off each other all the time. Uh, they started coming on the podcast. Um, you know, we wouldn't have Konsenshu for years at that point, but they were just regularly working with me, talking with me. Uh, I had Jake on, I think, in mid-2008. Uh, later that year, I got married. Uh, Heath and some other friends did uh, a secret podcast while I was out of town for my honeymoon. Like, I barely knew this guy, but uh, he, he really wanted to you know, contribute back uh, in that way. Right. And then later that year, uh, Jake was in Japan actually for the Jump Super Anime Tour special. Uh, mm. And so I had everyone from Konzentai on the podcast for the first time in 2008. And it just continued from there. Uh, it really has just been, we, ha- we all have the same worth work ethic. We all have the same political leanings. We all have just everything about us complements each other. Uh, we don't agree on everything. There have been many spirited uh, four-way text message discussions over name spellings, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in, <yes>. in general, <laughs> we all we all get along and we're all sure. really good friends. And I, and I do, I consider these people uh, some of my best friends. I'm, I'm glad to, uh, I'm glad to know them and to speak with them every day. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, starting a podcast, like, you know, Jace is honestly one of my best friends too. So I definitely understand like having, having people that, you know, on there and, you know, gravitating all of them towards this common goal, because, you know, you guys were two separate entities, but you realize, Hey, we could probably benefit from, you know, coming together. And then, you know, that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we did it at the absolute perfect time. Um, we, we decided, I think, I mean, we had been joking about it actually for a couple of years and I forget, we, we dove back and we found the first instance of us jokingly using Using the name Consensu. It was like years before we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think we decided on it sometime in 2011. And then we gave ourselves this crazy timeline to get it done. Initially, we had a longer timeline. And then Julian suggested it would be hysterical if we launched the site on April 1st in 2012. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, would, that would be really funny. All right. That gives Heath and us a lot more work to do in a lot less time. Uh, but, but we did it. And it was the perfect time because 2013 was when Battle of Gods hit. Uh, right. And that just really reignited everything. Uh, if we did not do all of that work in 2011, 2012, uh, I'm not sure that we would have been able to do it. Uh, it, it just would have been too much. Yeah, uh, definitely. All right. So, so here's the big question that I would uh, that I would ask you. Um, okay. Wh- why Dragon Ball? And uh, the reason why I ask this is because many pe- times I'm talking to people who are very much into anime or want to get started on anime. That is like the first thing I would like to know. Why did you get started on Dragon Ball? Like, how did you stumble upon it? And did you would you ever believe that it ever affected you in your life the way it has? Yeah. So my initial familiarity, and I say this, let me preface it by saying this this it doesn't count, but my initial familiarity was always in the back of video game magazines of the day. Uh, there was always envelope art with golden hair, spiky characters. I have no idea who these characters are, but every month there are people sending in artwork of these people. How come I've never heard of what this, well, I don't know what it is. So anyway, just on to more street fighter. So it was just always in the back of my head. I didn't know what it was and I didn't care because I didn't know what it was. Right. Just kept going for a couple of years at that point. Uh, And then uh, I had a friend in September, 1996, who told me, hey, I just saw this awesome cartoon uh, this weekend. Make sure you check it out next weekend. Uh, also, it's on at 5.30 in the morning on Saturday. Yes. All right. Oh. Yeah, sure. I'll do that. <laughs> so my actual introduction to the series 
was the second episode of the original syndicated broadcast of Funimation's English dub in September 1996, wow. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and it was one of those just love at first sight kind of things where I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't know what words they're saying. There's a sure. lot of proper nouns flying around here. I don't know any of this. <laughs> but it sure looks awesome. And uh, I just continued from there. Like, it didn't stop. And, uh, you know, I would go down to the library, uh, hang out after school, get on the, the computers that they had available there. It's like, I, I just got to learn. I got to know. Just teach me. Teach me, Internet. Teach me about this show <laughs> sure. that I know nothing about. Uh, and then I would go back. with like, oh, all right. This is in all my video game magazines. Okay, now that's that thing. Oh, all right. He's done other games, too. Uh, it just hit me. And it hit me in a way that nothing else has ever done. There are things that I like. There are things that I love. There has never been anything that got under my skin in, in such a good way like Dragon Ball did at that point. And I'm sure it was just coincidental, perfect timing. It was the right age for me to discover it. It was the right uh, technology availability for me to learn. Uh, as I continued to move around throughout my high school years, every place I went, there was always someone who was either like an army brat and had jump issues from Japan or had the fan sub hookup source or knew the flea market or could direct me into Chinatown in New York to, <laughs> to get stuff. It was just you'd always find the yeah. right people. It, it was it was new and underground, but it was also as mainstream as possible <laughs> at that time. Right. It, it yeah. was, it was enormous. And so just as it was rising, I just got caught up in those waves. And, uh, I don't know. I'm looking for a good metaphor for talking. I guess I'm still surfing those waves. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a good one. I'll take it. I'll take it. I would say your experience was, sounds way more magical than mine. My experience is very, very screwed up. Uh, because the first experience was through these uh, trading cards that used to come from Chinatown. And a friend handed it to me. I was like, this looks cool. What is this? Told it was Dragon Ball Z. And I was like, great. Want to see a movie? Sure. Friend <laughs> handed me movie 13, Battle and Hope. And I was like, this is awesome. I want more. Nice. And I went back to the cartoon on Saturday morning. And uh, yeah, yeah. I was very upset because <laughs> no one turned Super Saiyan after that. I was like, oh, I have to yeah, wait yeah. for like two, three years for that to actually happen. Ugh. That was the thing at the time is that we watched completely out of order. It'd be two episodes here. It'd be three episodes there. It'd be a mov yeah. movie from here. And it would be a movie from 10 years prior to that. We didn't know. We didn't care. It was just, I've never seen this. It's not available. I'm going to buy it. I'm going right. to enjoy it. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah, my experience is actually the opposite, where I had heard about it from a few friends at school at the time, and they're like, "Yeah, you need to check out this show." And you know, I checked it out, and I was like, "What is this? This is dumb. I don't like this at all." <laughs> and and what happened was, uh, so I'm Hispanic. Uh, my parents sent me to uh, go visit some family in Ecuador uh, one year. I believe it was like '98 or '99. And, you know, there was one day I was just sitting at my aunt's house, not doing anything. I was like, all right, let me check out what's on TV. Everything's in Spanish, obviously. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's on TV? Oh, this is that cartoon that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's absolutely nothing else to do. Let me just watch it, I guess. And they were in the uh, at the tail end of the uh, the Frieza arc um, where, you know, Goku had already gone Super Saiyan. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're fighting on Exploding Namek. And I was like, okay. I kind of like this now. This is okay. And it kept going. And I stayed there until 
Uh, the beginning of the uh, Android and the Android arc, and yeah. uh, when Vegeta went Super Saiyan for the first time, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm hooked at this point. <laughs> and what sucked though, when I came back to the states, the states was so much further behind. They were just starting. Uh, <laughs> back to I think Raditz with, again. Yeah, they were, I think either <laughs> Raditz or they were doing Ginyu stuff. And I was like, oh, I've never seen this either. But this is all. Oh, this happens before that, <laughs> so I can kind of get caught up now, I guess. But uh, yeah, that, that was my experience. I initially did not like it at all, but um, you know, ended up turning around on it, and you know, you know, the rest is pretty much history from there. Yeah. But my next question for you, Mike, is, you know, Dragon Ball is of course this very very big thing to do. Um, had Dragon Ball not existed, however, would what other show or piece of media do you think would have motivated you to create something similar with to uh, Kanzenshu? I feel like that's impossible to answer. It would have had to have been something probably at that point in my life because everything else was coalescing at just the right time and just the right place. Sure. I'm trying to think what was going on in, in 1996 that I would have been super into. I mean, maybe it would have been street fighter. I, I don't know. I mean, I was certainly enjoying video games. Uh, you know what it probably would have been was music over the next couple of years. Uh, maybe we can talk about that a little later, but music yeah. has always been a, a part of my life that I've enjoyed. Uh, but it's always been, like a background interest to me. It's always been like the B plus to my Dragon Ball A plus kind of fandoms. Sure. I don't know. It's it's so hard. Uh, Dragon Ball just provides the right amount of material too. like it's never ending, even when it did actually end and was actually over for a long period of time. uh, It just felt like there was no end to it. For sure. Uh, That that was something I liked, uh, but also something I didn't like about like American comics to me. I could never get into them. I never enjoyed uh, any of the art styles mm. that I saw, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, but also something that really drew me in about Dragon Ball. And then by extension, other manga and anime was all right. It starts, it has a middle and it has an end. Like It's a complete story. You read the complete right. story. It's not X-Men and uncanny X-Men. And then the four part miniseries over here. And then the reboot over here. Like you, you have to have decades of canon in your head to even remotely start reading something anywhere. Like, yeah, they're all made for you to jump into anywhere. And so is Shonen, really. Right. Mm-hmm. But but that's what really attracted me about, I'm going to go rent a movie or an OVA, and it's going to be over, and I will have seen the entirety of it. That's awesome. And Dragon right. Ball was, it was huge, and, and it seemed like something that could not possibly be seen in its entirety. But it's achievable, oh, <laughs> especially absolutely. if you go by... Like the original Absolutely. manga, it, it, you can do it and you, you can learn the entire story. And, and I really enjoyed that. Excellent. For sure. So what I would like to follow up with is being how busy you are already with Cotton Shoe um, and you saying multiple times throughout the interview already how much you have been or I don't know if you currently are in interested in Street Fighter. Do you think you see yourself making that site in the future? Because... Street Fighter is a big deal. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. I, I don't see how I could possibly do anything other than this. For a while, I was uh, balancing working on anime music videos <laughs> alongside my Dragon Ball work. I did AMVs for 
regularly for like 11 years, starting in about 2000. Uh. I forget when the last one I made was. And it's not like I retired from making them or I'm never going to make another one. It's just I, I don't have the time. And there's parts of the production process that I enjoy and there's, there's parts that I loathe. And with running the website, most of it is stuff I enjoy. So I just kind of like naturally get going harder over on that side of things. Uh, So I just don't see how there could possibly be anything else. Uh, And and Dragon Ball, again, it was a unique time and place for me where, yeah, it it was effectively over in Japan. You know, GT still had another year-ish at that point to air. But as I was getting into it, it, over here, it was kind of just starting dragon ball had 13 episodes and that was gone and z was just starting so it kind of felt like i was getting in at the ground level even though that totally wasn't true mm-hmm. there's an entire generation of fans before me mm. right but it allowed me the opportunity to get in early enough that i was able to basically cover the entirety of the north american release not just cover it, but live through and document the entirety of the North American release of this franchise. Uh, and you know, we were saying earlier, what the, my secret mutant power is recruiting people. My <laughs> other one is my encyclopedic knowledge of every bit of news that has ever happened from 1996 to the present with Dragon Ball. Right. Um, part of that was when we launched Konzenshu, I literally had to port by hand every single news article either site had ever done. Oh, man. So, Gosh. so I reread every bit of news uh. that had ever existed. <laughs> You're like a machine. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever, but I enjoyed every minute of it. So, so that kind of reinforced everything that I knew. But it, it's been that process of, like, I, I have everything at my disposal. Like, I, I know everything. I can see everything. It's great. And I, if I was to do that with anything else, it would have to be something I got in on the ground level with and have to be the ground level in its Japanese release. If it were to be like a manga or an anime or even a video game, I would want to know everything from the beginning. I would want to document every author comment Mm. from the beginning, every interview, every magazine, Mm. every tangentially related newspaper article. Uh, That's what I would want to do. And I just don't see me being able to do that with anything else while still doing my true love of Dragon Ball and Konsenshu. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's a, it's a lot. You are an absolute machine. I don't understand how you how you're able to do all that, but that's <laughs> it's coffee, beer, <laughs> and the second time he's mentioned coffee. I'm telling you, this is the key. This is the key. This is the key. <laughs> By the way, a little asterisk before we move on to the next question. You mentioned that you yeah. make anime music videos. You're gonna I have did, to. Yeah. You're gonna have to either slide something underneath the table. I really want to see if you had made. <laughs> Some some anime music videos that I probably download and still have on a hard drive tucked away in my maybe, <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe. I'm pretty sure you have probably made some of my favorite anime music videos, but that's neither here or there. Uh, we're gonna go right on to the next question, which I feel like is somewhat related, maybe <laughs> kind of sort of. Uh, sort of. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier a little bit ago, Mike, about uh, about how music is a big part of your life and everything like that. So you have yeah. another show besides the uh, content you podcast uh, called Low Fidelity. You do it yeah. with uh, Jeff Hellner. Um, you know, how has how has music like influenced your daily life? Like and what are you listening to these days? Pretty much <sighs> music. It's weird. It was never really a part of my life growing up. I kind of discovered it on my own. Uh, my family wasn't into music. They didn't have favorite performers or artists or anything like that. So it was just me as a kid discovering kind of like top 40 radio and just discovering music from there. And I've sure. always just loved it. Uh, I've always had 
like I can, I can keep a beat. I know how music works. Uh, I've never really studied it. I played saxophone for a little bit in school. Uh, I don't know if being an expert rock band drummer counts as playing an instrument, but <laughs> kind of. I'll say it, it does because I'm an excellent, uh, you know, easy mode guitar player in rock band, so we're good. <laughs> All right, so I'm feeling pretty accomplished there. Yeah. But I just like music, and uh, just talk about right place at right time. Same thing that happened with Dragon Ball happened with me in music when I moved to New Jersey. Uh, I came to New Jersey right as uh, the Jersey punk rock, pop punk, emo scene was exploding, particularly uh, up in New Brunswick, all the basement shows. So mm. I, I was getting into that music and living in the area when bands like Midtown and Saves the Day uh, were, were coming up and becoming massive in their scene before they even hit mainstream uh, popularity as well. And that just it, it became this community and this scene for me. Uh, I, I loved that and uh, that that really, as much as Dragon Ball defines my life too, like this is a more focused period of my life. That really defines my later high school and college years as well. Sure. And so I, I've just carried that forward with me, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I happened to be in the right place in New Jersey at that time. So that's kind of like my background of that, and uh, I, I, I just continue to cherish those albums and those bands. Uh, and speaking of, so it's 2018 right now. It's like 20 years after a lot of this. Uh, but I surrender records actually just re-released two albums of note that I'm sure no one outside of New Jersey has heard of, but, uh, Lane Meyer's first album. I, I saw them in 2000. I think while I was at school, I bought their albums and loved them at the time, just, uh, reprinted their first album on vinyl. So I bought that Awesome. and they just also released, uh, one of the humble beginnings albums. Uh, I mean, just talk about New Brunswick music. It was, God is, I, I think back there was, uh, uh, an online friend I had, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Pyro three two one. I Pyro. I don't know if you're still out there or pay attention to anything I still do, but thank you. We were trading MP3s. Uh, I may have even been before I moved to New Jersey. I think the year before, he was sending me like humble beginning stuff. I'm pretty sure he lived in Florida. Like, how do you know the local Jersey bands? I don't know how that worked, but <laughs> he, he was sending me this stuff, and then I happened to move there. It's like, oh, this is where everyone is from. This is amazing. Right. So uh, I've been you know, reminiscing with humble and, and Lane Meyer there. In addition to that, I don't know if it's super uncool to say this, but, uh, the last panic at the disco album, death of a bachelor. I know it won Grammys and stuff mm-hmm. was out of this world. Amazing. Such a <laughs> fantastic album beginning to end. Sure. Uh, and so the new panic album, uh, just came out, uh, pray for the wicked. Uh, it's not as good as death of a bachelor, but it's still very, very good. Uh, it's been on loop here in my house recently. Uh, nice, that's nice. that's kind of what's what's looping in the EX I've sold right now. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, no, I'm a big uh, my my favorite band kind of goes back and forth between kind of like Yellow Card and Blinks and Blink 182. So uh, you know, I kind of got yep. it right there. My favorite band is the Get Up Kids. Uh, they were one of the earliest oh, bands the I got Get into at the time. Yes, like yeah. my my holy trinity is Get Up Kids, Texas Is a Reason, and Sunny Day Real Estate. And I'm like name dropping here at this point, but I swear to God, it's true. Like that's what formed. Uh, my music appreciation. And then Blink was right after that. Uh, What did you think about uh, recent album, California? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, It was jarring when they kind of dropped their first single, Bored to Death, with, with, uh, what's his name, Matt Skiba in there. It was a little jarring. Were were you a fan of Alkaline Trio at the same time? 
I was a fan of Apple Eyes, so okay. I did I didn't know them I did know them and all that stuff and I heard them on their own stuff, but then once he came onto Blink, I was like, ooh, took me a second to kind of get used to it. But yeah. overall I really like the album. The deluxe album is even better, which I think so. I, I, I enjoyed a totally lot. agree. I, I love the extra stuff they add in, in there. Yeah. yeah, Matt is is a different dynamic in there. Uh and I wish I got more of his alkaline trio sound in there to put a spin on things. Yeah, I, I feel definitely. like the album was was very safe in a way, but at the same time, like that's kind of what they needed to do if Tom wasn't exactly. going to be there. Like they needed all right. And I think they even said this, like, all right, we need to figure out what is Blink 182. All right, let's make that. Yeah. And I thought it was solid. It was very safe, but it was fine. Uh, but that makes me excited for whatever the next thing is going to be as well. And of course, in the meantime, I guess there's a new Alkaline Trio album coming out too. So I was like, all right, there just is, give me yeah. everything. <laughs> all the things, all the things. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one because at that point, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, all right, we played it safe. Now let's kind of like go deeper into that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. very excited about that. Nice. Um, that being said, like how, how, how do you consume your music, by the way? Do you do like vinyl? Do you do digital? Do you do any type of other physical format? God, it's a combination of everything. Uh, if it's a, a favorite band, I'll actually still buy the CDs, uh, because I like having that lossless master to go back to. I can't sure. tell you how many times I've re-ripped my entire collection over the years. And initially we all did the 128 K MP3s and they're like, all right, now I'm going to do 256. All right. Now I'm going to do 230. All right. Now I'm going to do AAC. All right. Now I'm going to do flack. I don't know yeah. where we're going to go from here <laughs> at this point, but right. the fact that I can still go back to them, um, is good because you know, you don't have to rebuy it at that point. Uh, right of first sales, an important thing because I keep going back and buying used copies of CDs that I've lost over the years. <laughs> so I, sometimes it, it's, it's cheaper to go down for me. It's easy to go down to Princeton Record Exchange and buy the album for $2 as opposed to buying a digital copy for the 8 or $9, whatever it is. Sure. Uh, so I appreciate that. My vinyl is really just uh, wall art. Ah, which is great. Okay. It looks great up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've got one side of the room upstairs is, uh, like all my classic albums where I've got get up kids and saves today. Uh, I got mm. a rush album over there. Then the other side is like newer bands. Uh, I just put panic up over there. Um, like that kind of newer stuff that, uh, that I really love has really meant something to me recently. But sure. yeah, my, my vinyl is just for the wall. <laughs> I don't have a record player anymore. Uh, nothing I can do with it, but I do a lot of digital purchasing too. Uh, if it's like my, not my favorite band, but like next favorite band, uh, I'll just buy it digitally. Like, uh, the last day it was an album that came out there, uh, last thrice album. Um, I'll buy them there. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. I feel like we're going to have to re-invite you on for a completely different topic just based on music alone, because there's a lot of things that you said and I want to like ask. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we're uh, staying on time for everything. And uh, yeah, because I don't know what your time like. I get all the time in the world. So whatever you want to talk about, and obviously, if we want to talk about music, <laughs> I, if, if you're willing to have me back, I would more than be more than happy to come back. I can I can tell you right now because I just saw Arctic Monkeys yesterday, and I'm like, man, this music's so good. And I, I mean, it was it was it was a blast. It was it was truly a blast. And um, I was I was familiar with the Arctic Monkeys, but watching and seeing a you know a band perform with such uh, energy, it, I don't know. It kind of like got me interested into the albums all over again. So I'm like listening to them all over again. It's just like, I don't know, man, I have like thoughts on like how music is distributed these days, like streaming versus like buying digitally versus getting the actual CD or, you know, lossless. Like there's so many different ways that I just feel like it's all over the place. So 
I don't want to get sidetracked because there's a lot of other questions that we have <laughs> that we have for you. So we'll put a little. My time is your time. So whatever you want to talk about, I'm happy to do. Well, we'll we'll put a little pin on this. You know, we'll have All it right. to be continued, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z style. But here's my my actual question that I do want to ask you. Uh, sure. Most of the audience may know this, but Kanzen Chu is not your full time job, correct? And it's not a, I mean, it's a job, but it doesn't pay anything. No. Okay. So, um, so you work on this, you know, on your spare time, do you find it difficult to balance your personal life while doing all these projects that you're constantly work on music website comes into yeah. any other personal projects? Yeah, of course. It's incredibly difficult. Okay. Could <laughs> but, you tell me but, a little bit about how you like, how, what's your work ethic like? <laughs> <laughs> strong <laughs> I guess uh, it's tough to balance it like you, you gotta just make sure you do everything in the day that you need to do you know I, I have to go to work I have a real job yeah. uh, go do that you gotta go yeah. to the gym gotta do that yeah. you gotta spend time with family and friends yeah. gotta do that right. gotta do your side projects what's helpful is that I work on the site with three dudes that I love so like it, in many ways it's working alongside friends while doing that kind of stuff uh, and even the, the podcast I do with Jeff, Low Fidelity. I mean, he's been a friend for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're hanging out when we're doing it. And I know for for all of us, working on stuff is also like a, this cathartic release in many ways. Awesome. Uh, you know, whatever pent-up aggression we have, we'll, we'll pour it into just working harder on things. Yeah. So sure. I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I wish there were more hours in the day because I would probably do more of everything. You know, there are many projects that I work on. You know, I do also work and um, this, I, I want to become more ambitious. So whenever I see somebody that is, you know, doing it, you know, for you, you know, you're working on this website, you have podcasts. I appreciate the ambition thoroughly. And so I'm always very interested in, you know, self-motivation and, you know, what gets you up in the morning? What is it that you do? Do you drink like a smoothie? Yeah. Do you put on a Rambo, you know, head cloth? And, you know, <laughs> do, are you doing upside down push-ups? Like, you know. Right. How, yeah, there, there's no secret or anything. <laughs> for, for a lot of the stuff I do with Consentio, it's just inertia. I've been doing it so long. It, it just like something like going to the gym becomes, it's part of your daily routine. Right. Uh, right. It's just part of my life. And like I said, working alongside friends is helpful too. Right. Uh, you just got to do it. And let me be clear. I have a countless number of dropped and unfinished projects on Consenshu. Like, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, I don't feel like working on this. I'm 98% done. This is never going to get finished. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yeah, so you're, you're working very, very hard. And, you know, us again in the past two years doing this, um, you know, bi-weekly, we even find it, you know, very hard to like, you know, come together every once in a while and make an episode and do things like that. And I'm trying to work on more like uh, video game stuff with like Let's Plays and things like that. I know Jace wants to do a lot more writing and things like that. Right. So we're going to start doing even more. And, you know, we, we just wanted to see what kind of motivation you have to see if we can kind of channel that motivation as well for ourselves and kind of keep this going, which I think so far we've been doing a pretty good job with that. I think so. Yeah, I mean – if you're working together and you have that same work ethic and you have uh, roughly the same goals, you're yeah. going to just keep pushing each other further. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, even uh, every once in a while, kind of just need to like sit back and need to relax. Um, if that, you know, if you get the chance to do that, Mike, if you get the chance to like just hang out for a little bit and just chill, what do you, what do you, what do you like to do in your spare time? Play games? Of course, you mentioned music. So you do that. What yeah, else yeah. you got going on? 
I mean, it's all the usual stuff. You got to hang out with your friends, your family, enjoy doing that. Like a good movie every once in a while. You got to listen to music. Of course, I play video games. Uh, I actually play Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it's the one and only nice. MMO I've ever played in my life. Uh, somehow I got into it. Um, I keep up with that. I guess I'm what you would call a, a solo, casual, mid-core player. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a title. <laughs> I'm adopting like, I that keep immediately. Up, <laughs> <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Uh, I keep up with every patch. You know, I'm... I roughly max out my gear every every patch, but I'm not doing any of the savage things or you know coordinated raids or anything like that. Uh, I I just I love its world. I love its lore. Uh, I love its music in particular. I think Masayoshi Soken is one of the most underrated composers in video game music right now. Mm. Um, The music is honestly one of the things that drew me into it uh, before I even could wrap my brain around what MMO content and combat was uh when i first started playing it like it made no sense to me i'm like this music is awesome though so i gotta keep playing uh so yeah sure. you know if if i got time i'll uh you know i'll go craft some bracelets and go kill a dragon or something hmm. yeah definitely so on the topic uh of, of games what i want to know is because i played several games over the years i kind of fell off i'm getting back into it um some of the latest Dragon Ball Z games look amazing. Um, with all the years that you've had and the extensive, uh, you know, botanical knowledge that you have with Dragon Ball. Oh, my God. Just I have general- played every single <laughs> Dragon Ball game. Well, that's what I'm They're saying. They're all so bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I were to, like, say a game and it would describe it to you, you'd be able to, like, tell me exactly what it is and take me back again. But do you have a specific <laughs> Dragon Ball game? that you enjoy playing or do you just like, you know, sticking with, you know, final fantasy 14 or do you have another <laughs> game? Well, we're at a, a great point in Dragon Ball gaming right now because fighters is out and right. fighters yeah. is a competent fighting game Yep. Uh, for the f- second time ever <laughs> in Dragon Ball history, <laughs> uh, following super Dragon Ball Z, which was yeah. uh, made by Arika. Uh, fighters is, is wonderful. It's delightful. It's fantastic. Uh, but other than that, you know, the Dragon Ball game that really caught my interest and surprised the heck out of me was fusions on three DS. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I initially played through it completely in Japanese and we had no localization announcement for the longest time. And I just, buy everything as it comes out, you know, regardless of what region I buy all the games in Japanese, I buy them all in uh, the American release as well. So I was just playing through it in Japanese because it's all that existed. Like this game is so unbelievably delightful. I can't believe this got made. And I also can't believe it (laughs) was translated into other languages. I never thought I would see the day. Um, But uh, fusions and fighters are awesome yes recent dragon ball games my top five has definitely shifted over the last couple of years because of fusions and uh fighters so if i had to like rank my top five dragon ball games i don't know what the order would be and i don't want to do it off the cuff but the games that would encompass that top five would be fighters would be fusions would be super dbz will probably be Budokai 3, DBZ 3, and uh, Super Butoden 2 from the Super Famicom. Um, 
Super okay. Bitonen 2 for purely nostalgic reasons. Uh, it was something I got into very early through emulators at the time. And I've since, I don't know how many times I've bought that damn game over and over <laughs> since then. Uh, I don't say that to like, make up for the emulation, but literally just to say I've bought this game too many times for me to count. It's, it's a problem. I have a problem. Someone please stop me. Uh, but I, I love that game. Uh, I love its music in particular. Uh, Budokai 3, you know, talking of fusions where I played it through once in Japanese, like this is amazing. I can't wait to play it again in English. Mm. Budokai three was, um, really the culmination of everything Dims had been working on, on the, the PS2, yeah. right. you know, a little bit GameCube there as well. Um, and so I played it and I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I don't think a lot of people remember at that time, the games were coming out in English first and then coming out in Japanese. Super weird, super weird. <laughs> and so I played through it completely in English. I'm like, I'm going to replay this game entirely in Japanese again. And so I did that. <laughs> I got a Japanese PS2 and played through it. And then of course, after that point with the greatest hits edition of Budokai three is when they started doing the dual audio. I was like, Oh, uh, I guess I could have just waited until that. <laughs> so now Budokai three is another game. I own like four times because because I'm me. Okay. <laughs> so here's a yeah, here's no. a trivia question that I have for you. Real quick, Josh, before sure. we continue. Uh, so here, yeah, here's ahead. a trivia question. It was a PlayStation game that I played. It was a Dragon Ball Z game. Okay. The best way, okay. and I've asked Josh before this, you know, before on on on, on Fresh Key Context. It's a 2D character fighting game in a 3D yeah. environment. Yeah. Do you know what this is? Yeah, that is Idainoru Dragon Ball Densetsu, or the Great Dragon Ball Legend. I was actually just tweeting about that on the Konzenshu account earlier today. Wow, uh, that's there were awesome. three three games on PlayStation. There was Ultimate Battle Twenty Two, mm-hmm. which oh was kind of just like the Butoden games. Oh, I remember done that up too. On PlayStation. Yeah, that's sitting uh, on my shelf right over there. Yeah, Ultimate Battle 22 <laughs> actually later got released. <laughs> After the PS2 was out, they went back and re-released Ultimate Battle 22 in English. Uh, so that was the the first uh, PlayStation game. Then there was uh, Idainaru Dragon Ball Densetsu, uh, which we, we typically just called Legends. It was easier to call it that. Now there's an actual mobile game called Dragon Ball Legends. It's very confusing. Yes. But we called that Legends. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely adored that game. Uh, and then there was Final Bout on PlayStation. Those are the three PS1 Dragon Ball games. Okay. I always wanted Final Bout, never got into it. Never got around to getting it, though. Yeah, you're better off for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my, real quick before we move on, one of my favorite Dragon Ball games besides um, Budokai 3, because that is is part of my heart for many other reasons, but um, I actually really, really love the uh, Game Boy Color game, Legendary Super Warriors. You know, I've tried to play it multiple times. Another one. God damn it. How many times have I bought that game? I think three yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, but I, I started. I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. And then I just get distracted. <laughs> but I know I know the people that love that game really love that game and would like yeah. to tell you how much they love that game. <laughs> it is. I, I personally love it. I've played it so many times. Like it's and it's very it's, the thing is, it's very simple. Like it's a yeah, little yeah. tiny like card game or whatever it is. But I just really like enjoy the music and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of really cool. So, and that was like one of my very first Dragon Ball games. So even mm, that yeah. brings even more nostalgia for me. Yeah, so, that was yeah. actually the game that started the the new resurgence of Dragon Ball games. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, Budokai won. That was the first new game since Final Bout. Legendary Super Warriors came out first on Game Boy Color. That was yeah. the yeah. first new one in like three or four years. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So listen, I feel like we may know the answer to this, but Kay. I have to ask it anyway. Do you like movies? And what was the last one you thought? I feel like that's such a loaded question. Like, uh, I, do, do you like movies? Do you like movies? 
<laughs> do you like distractions? Do you like entertainment? Like, yeah, I like movies. Sure. Okay, great. So um, the real the question is, one, yeah, the last one. Yeah, the last one I saw I, was just Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, that was the last thing we saw is I feel like Marvel movies are pretty much the only things we're seeing these days. <laughs> that's, but that's right. Yeah, it was the last thing I saw. It was, it was fine. It was, it was exactly what I expected it to be. Right. Okay, that's cool. Um, do you have like a favorite movie genre? Uh, I mean, favorite movie period is Back to the Future, like not even yes. close competition. So, um, <laughs> yes, I, in terms of genres, I, I don't know. I, I like pretty much everything. I mean, that's cliche to say, but I'll enjoy an action, a drama, a comedy, a romance, sci-fi, whatever you throw. I mean, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Okay. Awesome. Sure. Awesome. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, we love movies here too. Um, I think we're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp on our next episode. Ah, finally, so, uh, finally, finally. That's going to be fun. Yeah. The feels. Spoilers. The feels. I, I can anyway. break my silence. <laughs> finally. Definitely. <laughs> so we we all love Dragon Ball here. You know, every, that's kind of why we have you on here. But, I mean, you mentioned earlier about, you know, reading other manga, you know, watching other anime. What's uh, What kind of other anime do you like to watch or like to read from the manga standpoint um, besides Dragon Ball? Uh it's tough. Uh, I mean, just based on my age and my generation, I mean, some of my obvious favorites of the era were Cowboy Bebop, Escaflone, Trigun, and just uh, Serial Experiments Lane, uh, Utena, can't forget Utena as well. I mean, those really defined who I became as kind of like a larger anime fan. Uh, most recently, uh, I watched Made in the Abyss, which I was shocked to find that I enjoyed. Uh, and I'm also finally, I can't believe in the year of our Dende 2018, I am watching Fist of the North Star through for the first time. Yes. Uh, okay. yes. It's kind of the best show ever made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, a few Dragon Ball uh, focus questions, because why not? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm here for. Come on. The English Dragon Ball dub. Have you watched that's it all the, the way through? Yes, it's absolutely a thing. Have you watched it all the way through? Um, and if you did not watch the English Kai dub, um, wait, am I saying this right, Josh? So the question <laughs> is, you know, have you seen the English dub? And if you haven't watched that, have you watched the Kai dub all the way through instead? Okay, that's better. Yeah. I'm I'm generally hesitant to get pulled into dub discussions. I, I think sure. if you're familiar with Konzenshi, you know it, it yes. really has no relevance whatsoever to which anything. Is why I was, which is why I was a little scared to ask. Well, the, <laughs> I'm happy to answer the question. I, I just yeah. ha, I have to preface it by saying like it it just isn't relevant to anything that we cover. Or we do uh, sure. Dragon Ball is a Japanese series written by a Japanese author, Japanese producers. Japanese writers, production team members. It's a Japanese show. Uh, why would you not watch something in its original language? Uh, independent say, of yeah. anime, manga, just whatever something is, a foreign film. You watch it in its original language. That's how it was produced. You know, I'm a literate adult. I'm able to read subtitles. Like, it, Of course. Yeah. It's not a problem. That being said, all right, so... The English dub of, I shouldn't say, there is no the English dub of Dragon Ball Z. There are plenty of English dubs of Dragon Ball Z. So I guess you're talking about Funimation's English dub. Have I watched it through all the way? No, I mean, there's there's never really been uh, a reason for me to do that. Uh, When I got into the show, yeah, it was through Funimation's English dub syndicated on broadcast TV. It was amazing. It got me into the show. And immediately it was, I need to learn more about this. I need to know its background. I need to know its history. I need to see this as it was originally presented. And that became my goal and my mission after that point. Uh, The English dub has always just been, you know, at best a curiosity. It's just this thing over here that's made for an audience that is, it's 
not made for me. Mm. Um, have I seen it all the way through? No. Have I, you know, it's people aren't going to believe me when I say this, but have I seen enough of it to judge it? Yeah, of course I have. Like, okay. I, I was hate watching it in college for a while when it was airing for the first time. We all were uh, yeah. people of my era of my generation. Uh, we exclusively watched it, it on Toonami to rant about it online at that time. Like it's just, it's what it was. Yeah. So, so that's that, uh, about Kai specifically, uh, I reviewed the first volume of that on Konsenju, uh, when it first came out, uh, and I continued to watch through, now I'm not entirely sure. I think I watched through most of the Frieza arc and then I, I checked in, uh, later on that as well. Uh, I haven't seen Bukai in Japanese, never mind English. Sure. I mean, Kai is its own other monster independent of its no, dubbing. for sure. Uh, was the Kai dub an improvement? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to point people to, if you haven't been listening to it, uh, All Systems Goku by uh, Jeff Gerson and Dan Reichert from Giant Bomb. They're watching through. They actually just wrapped up the cell arc as we're recording now. Mm-hmm. They're watching Dragon Ball Kai, Kai through Funimation's English dub. And what's been fascinating about listening to people who don't know Dragon Ball watch that is how much they get like not just, yeah, they understand the show and they're watching it, but how much of the original does shine through? And that's a testament to the completely different approach to dubbing in Kai. That being said, I still don't think Kai went far enough. Uh, I, I know it's easy to rag on characters like Yamcha, but the way that character is dubbed in English, even in Kai, lends to that kind of analysis that you do not get in Japanese. You definitely don't get it from the manga mm-hmm. and you probably don't get it in Japanese from the way that Furia plays that character. Like that is exclusively a surfer dude interpretation of that character. Right. So Kai was an improvement. Uh, I'm thankful to Kai for giving a Frieza to English dub exclusive fans for the first time. That is the first time. Mm. If you only watch Dragon Ball in English, that is the first time you've ever heard the character of Frieza. Wow. That's fair. That's fair to say. That's and uh go ahead. Yeah, you mentioned no, I was gonna say you mentioned earlier about, you know, hey, you know, why don't you should, you know, consume whatever it is you're consuming in its original format, in its original language. And, you know, um I of course grew up on the original Funimation dub, a little bit of the Ocean dub beforehand too. Um but, uh, you know, lately with Super and everything, I, you know, I did not wait for the dub to come out on Toonami or anything like that. I watched it week to week on Crunchyroll, on, on Funimation, you know, streaming website, whatever it is. Yeah. And at first it was a little jarring because I was like, oh, okay, it's in Japanese voices. I've heard their Japanese voices in the past before, but, you know, now I'm watching a full episode of it. And, you know, watching all of Super and then going back to watch the dub of you know super that's happening right now i'm like yeah i can i can kind of see why you would want to watch the original because i get you know i get i get it more right you know yes i have to read whatever but still i get the characters more and i get everything more and this is actually in turn me wanting to go back and watch a bunch of other anime that i saw english dubs only and go back to watch the original japanese a uh, perfect example is uh is i'm i'm also a big fan of digimon and that, you know, I watched the Fox Kids dub, which is, you know, a total thing on its own. But I've been listening to another podcast called Lost in Translation Mon, which they do the English versus the Japanese dub. And listening to that, I'm like, I really want to go back and watch the entire series in its original format. So, I, I you know, I definitely get where you're coming from, you know, with that for sure. Super is, I think, 
the recent example of, I've heard a lot of people say this to me and yeah, it's validating to hear it, but I'm also happy to hear it. They're like, Oh, I see what you went through 20 years ago. <laughs> With, sure. It, sure. It, like, I'm not going to go on record and be like, yeah, the super dubs is bad as the 1999 dub. And when I say the 1999 dub, I, I don't mean what's on your orange bricks. I mean, actually sure. what came out and aired at that time, they redubbed yeah. enough of that. The thing is a Frankenstein's monster of dubbing. Yes. <laughs> but people are approaching super now having seen it in Japanese. Uh, and so many people have said Nozawa's Goku black is like out of this world that the interpretation mm-hmm. of that character and they're going to super stuff and be like, that's that. First of all, that's not what that character said. Yep. Second, that's not that character. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in super stub, which is really unfortunate from uh, a number of levels. Um, I, I think it's really unfortunate because I think the Kai dubbed proved that there's an audience uh, a willing and eager audience for faithful Dragon Ball in English. And not only that, but it's going to be very successful. Let's not forget that Kai is only in the Boo arc or got to the Boo arc because of its international popularity. They, they weren't going to do it there. Kai was a massive success, uh, particularly here in America. Sure. Yeah. It, it helped in turn sell more of the original DBZ as well, but Kai did really well because Dragon Ball can be Dragon Ball. And it will be successful. I, I fully believe you don't need to change anything about it. If you want to dub it, sure, dub it. I mean, clearly you're going to have to do that for American television. But mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball is a worldwide phenomenon and has been since it began because of what it is. Right. I, I, I'm not interested in what some guy in Texas has to add to Akira Toriyama's humor. Right. Toriyama's humor is masterful. Uh, he yeah. He's an artist on a just an unbelievable level. His command of the page of the written word of dialogue, everything it's amazing. And that's why Dragon Ball is amazing. And I don't need whatever else someone feels like they need to add to it. If you want to do that, make a parody. If you're that scared of or influenced by that parody, well then maybe you're in the wrong line of business. Right. You, you know, Mike, you're saying so much um, with so little, which is actually, uh, you know, it's a testament to, you know, how, how you speak and how eloquent you are in this particular subject matter. And I, I hope so. I, I hope I'm getting it across because it's a kind of thing that it, it can be extremely off putting if if you're not looking to be at that. Like Dragon Ball is the most casual and mainstream of shows possible like that's what that is it right. is pulp it, it is garbage printed like it's a piece of artwork yes but it's garbage printed on garbage paper for garbage children in japan like that's what <laughs> dragon ball is <laughs> but but we love it and and people like me we, we take that love to certain levels and so if you're coming in it's like oh i saw this awesome show on tv when i was in middle school let me look it up and see what's going on with it right and you hear people using terminology you're not familiar with uh even if they're not outright dismissing it because that's what i really try to do like at Konzenshu, we don't speak ill of the English dub. We simply don't talk about it. Like it's not relevant to us. And so to not hear about the thing that you love and that you are familiar with, it can be really off-putting and and it feels very elitist and it feels very try-hard. And that's not 
what we're going for. Uh, to me, it is about like, I want to represent this, this thing that I have no reason to be representing. I have no authority to be representing this franchise, mm. but I want to do it well. I, w- I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I want to represent and share the thing that I love so much, the way that I love that thing. It, like it gets very religious at that point. I've, I've heard it referred sure. to as religious dogma. Like here's the, the, the Holy book of Toriyama and there's a poop scribble on the cover. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, but, uh, it's I, you know, please go ahead. If you have, I, I don't know if that's answering any question. It is. It these, totally these are the is. thoughts that I have. It's interesting because I'm going back now. I'm going back to the times where I was on the internet around the time where you were making uh, Dyson Shoe. And there was, yeah. I feel, and you can tell me if, uh, if I'm on a, a wrong site because I feel like you would know this, but there was a list of the original um, Japanese dub uh, with the episode list and all of the episodes that were omitted. And I thought that was very interesting. Was that something that you did on your website? Probably, but there was also uh, a very popular site at the time, DBZ Uncensored, uh, a guy named Chris Saros was running it. Okay. Uh, documented all of like the dialogue changes between the dub at the time. Uh, he most heavily focused on those first two syndicated seasons. Cause that's where about 68 episodes was cut down to 53. That's crazy. And then he continued mm. into uh, the Frieza arc a little bit when that hit tsunami. But yeah, I mean, you look at what was cut out and that's what drove me early on. It was like, they're not showing me this. I have to see it. I have to know. Well, it's interesting that you said that because we had a uh, you know a guest on here before, isn't it, by the name of Forty, and our love for Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, was you know very strong growing up, and so I don't know why, but I had always grown up with the English dub, and I, I guess I never had the opportunity to really seek out or had the desire to see the original Japanese dub with English subtitle or rather the original subtitles. And so I started watching the original Dragon Ball Z uh, dub and it's astounding to me the different, the different caliber of story. Um, it's just a completely different animal in, in its entirety. And it's, it's bananas. We watched uh, cool, the Cooler's Revenge in the English, you know, uh, dub title that came out for mm-hmm. the re-release and there's a moment in the very end where Cooler is talking smack to Goku in the English dub, and you can switch it on your DVD player to the original, yeah, yeah. you know, Japanese audio, and there's nothing. He's not saying anything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, how do you, I don't, like, who is responsible for making that decision and who says, this is okay, <laughs> we're going to make this our final product? It's laughable. I mean, it's absolutely laughable. Yeah, that that's a carryover from just other children's programming of the era where it was, we can't ever have silence. We always need someone right, talking. Right. And if you don't have mouths on the screen, you can have someone say whatever you want them to say. Yes, there's game. always a worry about losing children's attention. They're going to change the channel. And I think Dragon Ball really proves like you don't have to worry about that. The, the show, the series, it stands on its own. Right, right. For sure. Um, how nitpicky are you with the, as far as like the text is concerned, you said, you know, Akira Toriyama is masterful in, 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 in the language, in the, in the actual word uh, that he puts on the page. Um, yeah. How nitpicky are you when it comes to like the change, even small changes, like when it's Frieza, F-R-E-E-Z-A versus Frieza, I still say Frieza, but F-R-I-E-Z-A or, yeah. you know, what are your thoughts on that? So I have a, 
a lot of thoughts, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. One, one thing I want to remind people, I started my website in 1998. A lot of the character names and pronunciations and spellings that you know from the dub didn't exist when I started my website. Wow. So things like Dr. Garrow was always Dr. Garrow to me because he was Dr. Garrow. Like that's all there was. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. no other pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that to me was one of the earliest pronunciations in uh, the continued dub where everyone online was like, what, what are they doing? Why, why are they saying it that way? Right. What, mm-hmm. what is going on? So again, I, I like to always preface my answers with other answers, but for, <laughs> so think about that for a second. But then, sure. so I've been running the site for 20 years. I think it's really important if you're going to create something that's intended to be, hopefully will be this authoritative resource that you need to actually be genuinely knowledgeable and and thoughtful Mm. about how you present uh, yourself in that information. And I've been looking for the best way to say this and there's no best way to say it. So let me just acknowledge that there's no good way to say it. But to me, (sighs) Think about when you're watching or listening to Dragon Ball stuff out there, mm-hmm. whoever sure. it is that you're, you're having a conversation with friends or you're watching some online content and they're talking about TN or PyCon or Allied a Good Nightmare to You. So, huh. so they're familiar with Funimation's English dub. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. That's their experience. They're entitled to it. Right. Uh, and I genuinely hope that they love what they love. Right. But that's not enough for me. So let me give you a couple examples beyond Dragon Ball, and I, I think this helps frame things. So what if you're listening to someone talk about Street Fighter and they keep saying Hadouken? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you're listening to someone talk about Naruto and they keep saying Naruto? Uh, mm-hmm. There was a panel, a Sailor Moon panel I went to at a convention. Uh, I believe it was Otakon many, many years ago. And one of the panelists kept referring to the author of as uh, Naoko Takuchi. To me, I'm like, who is this person sitting up there? Why are they there? Who gave them this authority? Mm-hmm. So I, I take it very, very seriously. Uh, and like I said earlier, it can be very, very off-putting for new folks coming in. Uh, it's, it, it comes across as super dismissive, even when like I'm not even thinking about it. Like It's totally in earnest. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've also heard time and time again is that it somehow sticks with them uh, and they keep coming back. And the nice thing about having such a huge site like Konzenshu is that even if they listen to the podcast and they're put off by our pronunciations, good luck getting a better resource than Konzenshu. <laughs> like the, yeah. the things that we have to offer, like you will be grudging. I love this. You will be grudgingly come back to our website because <laughs> we, we have the best news coverage. Mm-hmm. It might not be the most timely, but it's still going to be the most comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the best guides. Even when we don't have guides, people think we have the guides and they're looking for the guides. Like, I know you have this. Like, no, actually we don't have that. Right. Yet. Um, <laughs> And in our translations archive, I mean, it, like I said, it, it extends pre-Dragon Ball through today. Um, I, I think the people that stick with us end up and, and that see through that and get over it. Mm-hmm. I hate to phrase it that way. Uh, they're the ones that tend to be the incredibly loyal and wonderful fans and friends. Uh, and I think anyone has the capacity for that. Uh, it's that hurdle you have to get over. You don't have to get over it of this is a cool show that I watched on TV to, I actually want to learn more about this. Mm, sure. And, and in that journey, you have a lot of mental hurdles to get over. And trust me, I, like I've done this. I still remember, uh, 
even when it was Daisenshu EX, I was really put off by someone using uh, a circumflex over one of their vowels as they were typing on the forum. Like, why are you doing that? You're trying so hard. Right. Like, this is as someone who was running Daisenshu EX, trying to be an authoritative research. Mm. And I still right. feel so awful about that as I'm like, no, they knew what they were talking about, and they had a very good reason to be doing it in that context. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think just think about that as, as you're out there uh, listening and learning. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, listening to you over the years, you know, me, again, growing up on the Funimation dub and listening to those names and things like that. Over the years, listening to you, I have, you know, kind of all the, not all the time because, you know, the, the Funimation dub is still so ingrained in my head. Um, I do slip out and say, like, you know, all these the wrong either the wrong section of the name i say tian i don't say tian chin han yeah. um i say saiyan i don't say cyan you know things like it's that. tough slowly, I mean, yeah Dra- dragon ball is such a part of public consciousness so i mean our one of our most recent podcast episodes we're reviewing dragon ball gt my buddy jeff who i do low fidelity with i, I bring him in as a new fan who's never seen it i, I think that's an important yeah. perspective to get jeff has no familiarity with English dub fandom, maybe caught some episodes on Toonami, but because Dragon Ball is just a part of our public consciousness within the same episode of our podcast, you will hear Jeff say, Syajin, Cyan, and Saiyan. And he's not yeah. even thinking about it because wow. your brain is just moving and thinking and getting ahead of your mouth. And, and I can't right. edit and make him re-record that every time. <laughs> so I just let it go. <laughs> We feel the same sometimes. It must, it must kill you inside. <laughs> um, but you mentioned a little bit earlier while you were talking about that, that, you know, you guys have the guides, you have the news. I mean, you're, you guys are so, the site is so very well known and respected throughout the Dragon Ball community. Um, so much that, you know, if a piece of news shows up and it's not on your website, people are a little skeptical to believing it until you put it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, do, how does that make yourself and the other and everybody else on the site feel? I mean, it's great. Uh, at, the, <laughs> at the same time, we've seen people dismiss things that are obviously real simply sure. because we didn't get around to posting it yet. Uh, and I think that can be a problem. Like, you know, sure. someone someone had a family emergency. We, we can't post the news right this second. <laughs> so like, just because we didn't say it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, so I'm really thankful for it. But I, I do wish people would be a little more critical about the way they think. They think about things, but the problem we have is, I mean, how easy is it to, to make convincing fakes these days? So, I mean, you, you do have to worry about that. So at the same time, like, yeah, uh, if I were in everyone else's shoes, I would hope there would be a, a central resource that I could go to and say, oh, they posted about it. I trust them. Uh, in right. the era, I'm sorry to invoke this, in the era of fake news, <laughs> I'm, hmm. I'm really, really thankful that people still, there's no such thing as Dragon Ball journalism. I am hmm. thankful that people appreciate the, quite frankly, the journalistic integrity we try to bring to covering the series. Like we will source check. We will fact check. I will pick up the phone and call someone to verify something like awesome. we, we, we feel very strongly about this kind of thing. Uh, and, and I'm so glad that other people still hold those values true and dear to them as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, going off and on on the website. Like if I, I'm one of those people that like, all right, uh, I saw this piece of news, check Kanzenshi real quick. 
don't see it there. I'm not quite sure. Okay, there it is. We're good. We're fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm de- I'm definitely one of those people, and you know, for doing that, for doing that fact checking, and you know, like you mentioned, you call people up. Like that's that's incredible. You know, that's that's really. I, I don't know. Is it like this is what you're supposed to do? I like I don't. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Most people don't do it, which is why to me it's incredible that you yeah. do happen to do it. You're motivated to do it, and you know, myself, Chase, and like everybody in the Dragon Ball community, more than likely, thanks you for that. So. Well, because really, I mean, it's, really cool. it's mud on my face if I don't. I, we've had, yeah. I, I hate to bring it up because it's like one of the only times we've ever done this, but I did run a story on uh, Sparking 4. I forget what they were calling it at that time, but uh, you know, all the other Japanese gaming blogs and gaming websites were reporting on it. It's like, well, I, tr- I, I trust these two sites to do the independent verification. Mm, sure. So I'm going to run the story. And sure enough, it was someone on a Japanese blog that had been trying the same exact thing for years. And for whatever reason, that was the one time that they got it to stick and all the gaming sites ran with it. Wow. And so never mm. again, like never right. again. Sure. So Mike, you had mentioned, you know, picking up the phone and, you know, fact checking yourself. So here's the question. Have yeah. you, have you ever had, had, have you had to have the opportunity to speak with Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball. No. And here's like my biggest life regret is that Toriyama came over to New York for the launch of Visit Shonen Jump magazine in 2002. Uh. That would have been the easiest train ride for me. I can't imagine what on earth was going on in my life that I did not go to this event. Wow. I'm so furious with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what what could possibly <laughs> have been going on that I would not take the hour train ride to go see Toriyama in person? Uh, other than that, no, uh, we, we have never had the opportunity. Uh, I love it when people don't actually know who we are. They're like, Kanzenju's interview with Toriyama. So I was like, no, 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 <laughs> that, that, that is that is not our interview with Toriyama. Uh, Julian, uh, who has lived in Japan for quite some time, he's actually in America right now, but he's getting ready to move back. Sure. Uh, not Toriyama, but he has certainly um, rubbed elbows with certain folks uh, associated with the franchise. I can't remember who he's said he has and who I can say or not say he hasn't. <laughs> um, Julian tried out for a, a TV show called Hokotate, which is basically like the ultimate fan trivia show where they put four fans up against uh, four people actually from that franchise. So they're like editors oh, wow. from Dragon Ball that uh, were up against four of the biggest fans. Julian didn't make it onto uh, that show. Um, and I, I have my own feelings on why he didn't. Well, he made a couple flubs on his quiz, so that probably knocked him out. But uh, because our buddy Greg made it onto the One Piece one before, I think they didn't want to have the token white guy on the show <laughs> for Dragon Ball as well. That's, like, I don't know if it's racist for me to say that or think that, but I, I think you know what? We'll let it slide. Kind of we'll let it slide. Right. We'll let it slide yeah. But listen, if you had the opportunity to be in the same room with them, if you jumped in a DeLorean, you went back in time to... Yeah, we're going. What would you, if you had the opportunity to ask him one question, Mr. Toriyama, what would it be? Oh, it's so hard to tell. Um, I mean, this is totally classic Mike here, but I wouldn't ask any nonsense about strength comparisons. <laughs> good. I, I, good. I, I, I Don't do that. I would really try to pin him down on very specific 
influences and references. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that authors are very hesitant to acknowledge, but that's what I would want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that really helps shape your understanding of the person. Uh, I want to understand Toriyama as a person and as a creator, because that helps me understand Dragon Ball better and in a more holistic way than, I don't know, like what's Super Saiyan Blue's multiplier? Huh. Okay. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. I really thought about that. I mean, we know, we know certain things like obviously that's a xenomorph design and yeah, that's Bruce Lee over there. Like there's, there's very obvious things, but like even the stuff that he wouldn't know to answer himself, I wish I could kind of pull out of his brain. True. I mean, well, the man is very much influenced by, you know, Western media and culture and pop culture for, for that matter, uh, with the space pods that are shot out of, you know, space, you know, the ships, it's very similar from a new hope when, you know, the space pod is shot from. Oh yeah. I mean, his first work, which could not be republished, uh, because it was a star Wars parody. Like that's the first thing he ever actually did professionally. Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that stuff <laughs> is in his DNA. Yeah. That, that's the stuff that's easy for us to pick out, but I, I want to know what I don't know. And that's fair. That's fair. that's fair. That's fair. Maybe we can have a whole discussion on that. Um, so this is the, Last question. I'm going to turn this over to Josh because after this, we have a few Twitter questions uh, from people who tweeted us and we want to, you know, ask you what your thoughts are on these. Um, Josh, why don't you go for it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, of course, Dragon Ball is its own, you know, story. But, of course, in America, we track it into Dragon Ball, then Dragon Ball Z, then GT, Super, so on and so forth. Um, So, you know, which... which, I guess which arc or which series, you know, whatever we want to call it, uh, would be your favorite one. And then what's your thoughts on, you know, the new trailer that just dropped uh, showing the new Cyan Burley and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, I'm always flipping (laughs) – cop out answer. I'm always flipping back and forth um, what portion I like the most. Uh, Every time I reread an arc, I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. And then (laughs) I'll read the next one. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, It's tough. Uh, I I think the first 190-odd chapters are – required reading uh, sure. and understanding. And if you haven't watched or seen it yet, then what are you doing with your life? <laughs> the <laughs> 23rd Budokai is, it's, it's, it's effectively Z. Um, the Piccolo, Demon King Piccolo arc is effectively Z. Uh, that stuff is amazing. And, and the lore and the character interactions, uh, every time I rewatch or reread those, Man, I love that stuff. Uh, Piccolo stuff from the early series. Um, that's what I'm going to go with right now. Uh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, no, actually, I love the Cyan Arc the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I have the uh, I have the Viz um, version of the uh, the Dragon Ball manga, all 42 volumes, um, plus like the three super English ones that have come out recently. And mm. uh, that there there are days where I'm just like, I'm going to reread this entire thing again. Yep. And, uh, Gotta and, do it. Yeah, it's it's very hard to determine what is your favorite, but uh, I would say you know everything with the Android and the Cell arc is probably my uh, my go to usually. Yeah. Kind of like that stuff a lot. Um, and then of course, what what do you think about you know the new the new stuff that's coming out? So we have a new new movie coming out in December in Japan, January for uh, for what is it? The U.S. and uh, U.K. I believe it was. I think it's also the U.K. Um, yeah, but uh, what do you think about that? Are you excited for it? Are you kind of dreading covering everything from it? Like, what do you, what do you got going on in your head? <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of everything we have to cover. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of all aboard the Shintani art director hype train here. Uh, I sure. think we, we need 
a new look uh, for this year. And by new beautiful. look, I mean like old look. Uh, the close-ups on Vegeta's face, the way his nose is drawn, put it side by side with DBZ Movie 7. Like that is Vegeta's nose from the yeah, 90s. Right. Um, but also just some of the line work in there. Um, I, I think it's looking wonderful. So I'm excited from uh, that side of things. Okay. Um, Broly, like this is talk about safe. Like this is the literal safest thing they could possibly do. It's safe. It's transparent. It's completely disgusting in that respect. (laughs) But if they're going to do Broly, like, all right. All right, Toriyama, show me what you got. Show me what you have for Broly. I'll, I'll watch. Like, I'm not going to not watch it. I'm I'm certainly going to see it. Um, like, I don't know what my expectations are for this. I'm, I don't know. I'm Goku. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm a little scared. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I watched the trailer myself and it said new sand and everyone around me started like freaking out. They said, how is this a new sand? Are you just like forgetting everything you talked about? Well, I said, you know, that movie that came out wasn't actually canon. It was part of a movie and it was independent in its own nature. So this would be the first time that you're yeah. actually experiencing Broly. That's a new saying in this timeline. <laughs> That's the thing I hate about this the, the most is I have to keep having the, the canon discussion with people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, but listen, we want to get into some Twitter questions. Um, before yeah, there were some out. good ones. There were some really awful ones. <laughs> There's some really bad questions here. Uh, so yeah. Josh, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to start off with uh, with this one. It's from, uh, I don't know I don't know how to say this name, Ju- Julian? Grabowski. Ju- yeah. Julian, I think, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, he, he asks, uh, when Broly, you know, because do, um, do you know when Broly? Uh, Julian, it's it's December. You're, you're going to be there. You know when Broly is. <laughs> there you go. So that's All right, Julian, ba- we got you. <laughs> very, very simple question. This is the next one. It's from Sonic the Hedgehog 9908 at Sonic 0519. He says, I have a question. Or she says, I have a question. I know that there's already a VHS fan sub translation guide on Kanzen Shu, mm. but are there any plans on a full-fledged fan sub guide? I am probably one of like 10 people who actually cares <laughs> about these things. Ha ha. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. So... Uh, the thing they're referencing there is uh, a page I have in the rumor guide on our site, which is, uh, I, I say this, but uh, if, if there's one guide to look at on the site that I think encompasses um, what I love about our site and what I love doing the most, uh, it's the rumor guide. So uh, go check that out. I have a fan sub dialogue page on there, mm. uh, and it's a breakdown of maybe like six or seven examples of kind of like infamous lines from fan subs over the years. Uh, one of them is, uh, like movie 12s. Uh, I am neither Goku nor Vegeta. I am the instrument of your defeat. Like that's not actually what he says there. Right. Uh, and that's a line that permeated into, uh, Boost fury on game boy advance. Like that was just Ooh. so known as a line, but it's not quite what he says there. So we break down a lot of examples and anime labs specifically. Like, I don't, I don't know what your stance on cursing on the show is. I've already done some, but anyway, <laughs> Vegeta has Vegeta has some words in anime labs and uh, we, we break those down. So a fan sub guide on the site, uh, not per se, but I can tell you that something that I'm working on as a side project, a very, very, very long term project on uh, the wiki that we've been working on for the site is I'm kind of spearheading the community section 
of the wiki where I'm, I'm writing about things that I love, uh, old fan sites, uh, old fan subbers. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there, there are going to be pages and breakdowns of, uh, fan subbers. Maybe not like the, quite the detailed guy. I'm going to try to figure out who subbed what and when, uh, longtime friend of the site, Chris, who ran a website called Dragon Ball Blast back when I was first starting my site. Uh, he was very much into fan subs and he had a, a rough fan sub guide on his site. So I kind of may use that as a basis as I'm working through it. But uh, I think fan subs are an important piece of history of Dragon Ball uh, and they deserve to be archived and referenced. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's another one we got from Omega Rockman at Omega Rockman asks, have you guys considered expanding from just DB to an all-encompassing Toriyama fan site? <laughs> uh, since you've covered so many other Toriyama works through translation, news, podcasts, and even Jake helping with Discotech's slump movie set, I think it'd only be for a uh, formality at this point. Yeah. Uh, no promises, but maybe. <laughs> uh, again, a very... <laughs> long-term kind of thing. Uh, we already have a good basis for being able to do something like that. Uh, when Julian was in Japan, uh, one of his big projects was getting every single weekly author comment ever written by Toriyama, not just for Dragon Ball. And he did this before they printed them all in the 30th anniversary book. Julian actually went to Japanese libraries and got out individual issues of Jump and collaborated with Japanese fans and collected them all. And and then they just printed them all right there <laughs> in the book. But uh, beyond that, we have every weekly comment Toriyama ever wrote for Dr. Slump. Uh, we have every weekly comment Toriyama wrote for uh, all of his spinoffs and one-shots, that kind of thing. Uh, we have a basis it's just sitting there waiting to be used, waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, hopefully one day that opportunity can arise. Um, I'm, I'm always just looking for any excuse to talk about his other works. Mm. Uh, like, like I say, it's like you, you if you want to know who Toriyama is, Dragon Ball is not who Toriyama is. That's who he became. Uh, you need sure. to, you really need to look at uh, everything that came before to uh, truly understand who he is as an author. I think that's really important. Uh, and I want to share that with everyone. So mm. hopefully, hopefully. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so we have another one here from uh, Nando at DB underscore Nando. Uh, compare today's fandom to the fandom of the past. Yeah. So I saw this. Uh, I tweeted this out. It looks like earlier this year. Uh, I want to read a... I'm going to call it a forum post. I want to read this for you here. Okay. Two equally credible sources, V-Jump versus Toei animation equally credible. Hmm. In my <laughs> case, I believe Toei is a little more credible than V-Jump. And it goes on and on and on from there. Uh, if you didn't know, when would you think this was written? Uh, <sighs> I don't know. Rec- recently? This was written in September 1998 on Altafan.DragonBall. Um, the more things change, wow. the more they stay the same. Uh, people have been having the same conversations ad nauseum, same arguments ad nauseum. Um, it's, it's just the same stuff over and over, but that gives you a great opportunity to reflect on that and, and teach people things and, and learn about where fandom came from and why it evolved the way it did. Uh, what I'm really impressed by these days is the hyper specialized nature of a lot of fans. Uh, we have sure. people who 
truly know every little musical cue that Shinsuke Kikuchi did throughout the entire course of the series. We have people who can identify animators by the smoke that they drew on the screen. Uh, I think that's so impressive. I, I come from an era where you're kind of like the jack of all trades. You, you know just enough about everything. Uh, that we have such specialized fans now really helps me do what I need to do, uh, especially as we work towards something like this wiki where we, we need someone specialized in this to do this thing because this is the thing that you know and this is what you do best. Mm. Um, we didn't have that necessarily in 1998. Uh, 20 years later, I'm really, really glad we do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so we have another one from a Simon Techie. Uh, at SIM Tech 34. Uh, why haven't you guys done any fan questions on the podcast in a while, like emails or Twitter questions? I don't know. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an honest answer. <laughs> that is a great honest answer. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that it's also by the time we get to the end of a show, like I all, I don't want to belabor the point anymore with a lot of the sure. things we do and we talk about. Uh, I don't want to keep that discussion going just for the sake of having that discussion. Keep going. Uh, I, I feel like when it's appropriate, I certainly remember to do it. And also when it's appropriate, I totally forget to do it. Uh, I think this person in particular actually just recently sent in a question. So that's kind of like their subtle prod. At, hey, can you read my question on the show? Uh, yes, I will do that. Okay, great. Sure. Uh, do we have any more? I think we have. I'll answer uh, them if you have them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, we have actually one more from Simon. Um, so, he asks, uh, I've seen a lot of random pages still exist under the uh, DiZX, like the transformations mm, and yeah. video image guides, along with links and the uh, Ask Vegito EX archive. Uh, will those be ported over to Kanzenshu anytime soon? I mean, the transformation guide. So that's a guide that we launched with the relaunch of the site in 2003. Uh, think about where Dragon Ball was in 2003. I mean, GT was the last thing. We, we had some what-if fusions in Budokai 2, uh, and that wasn't that hard to document. Uh, we didn't have, like, the majority of the guidebooks for the franchise have come out since then. Yeah, the, all the Daisenshu are out. Super exciting guides didn't exist at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the updated Chozenshu, uh, Super History Book in particular. Like, the stuff didn't exist for us to reference as we were doing that. If we were to redo the transformation guide right now, it would probably take us three years. Oh, my gosh. So, but this ties into other stuff we're working on, like the wiki in particular. That's perfectly suited for the wiki. If you want to know when Super Saiyan 3 debuted, who uses it, when they use it, uh, how it was created, what's the background for it, what statements exist about its multipliers. Like, that's perfect for a wiki page. Oh. That, that doesn't need to necessarily be on the site. Right. Uh, so one of the guys that we recently launched on the, the website proper was the, the Gods in the Cosmos guide. Uh, another one that's going to be coming up very soon uh, is the Family Names guide, which is a, a podcast episode that Jake and I did a, a while back where we talked about how there really aren't that many family names in the series. A lot of what a lot of names that people think are family names are not. Right. Uh, and so I've expanded this into a full guide. It's a, I love it. I love how it looks. I'm so close to being done like 98 point 
I don't know, 7% done on something like that. Uh, I think it's very clear. It's very well researched. I think it's phenomenal. That's the kind of curated content that I think we're going to do moving forward on the website proper. Uh, That's the kind of stuff that you need kind of like this guiding hand uh, with the visual research and references behind it Mm -hmm. that are translated there for you on screen. Uh, Raw information about... Goku transformed into a Super Saiyan for the first time in, uh, was it 1991 in Dragon Ball Z episode 95? Like, I don't need to have that on uh, the regular website. That's that's perfect for the wiki. Right. Um, so in many ways, that kind of like also answers, what's the vision for the future of Konzenshu? Uh, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Okay. All right. Nice. So here we are in the lightning round. We had last two tweets. I just looked this up. Uh, this okay. is from Emilio Farr at E-R-F-A-H-R. Do chickens have large talons? Go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> People tweet the darndest things. Uh, how about that local sports team? Huh? <laughs> uh, and and the go. last one we have here is from Heath at H-U-J-I-O. Hujio. Uh, what WordPress theme do you guys use for the site? I think. Friend of yours? <laughs> Never heard of the guy. <laughs> All right. So this was a lot of fun. I wish yes, I wish this it, was this was so much. This fun. was enlightening. Um, I I could tell. Like I I feel like this is a conversation that could l- go on for the next twenty years. Uh, with the amount of content and the amount of care and precision that you've uh that you've put into this, and it and it really shows. I I want to tell you personally, like there have been at least three times in this interview that you have said something, and you literally took me back to something that you had done where you were fully educating me on a show that I love so intensely and I couldn't even answer as to why. So I want to thank you. Oh, that That's great. I mean, I don't always know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so I, I hope I get my words and my thoughts uh, out there appropriately. Uh, sure. I, I hope I'm able to communicate uh, why it is that I love the show for the reasons that I love the show with this franchise uh, in, in maybe a special way that a lot of folks aren't used to having this show appreciated or discussed. Uh, again, I'm, I'm babbling now. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I told you, I don't know <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth. They just keep going. This is the problem. This is why this recording so long. Cause I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, we love it. We love it. We just, keep I, going. I, I can't edit this one. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is perfect. That'll be on me. So I got you. You're good. <laughs> Good luck with this one. <laughs> no, but uh, I also, you know, do want to thank you for, you know, for everything that you do, for everything that you had, have done and will hopefully continue to do, um, you know, covering what we all love to, you know, love to watch, love to read. Um, and, you know, this, again, we've talked about me, how I've been listening to you for about, you know, six years now. I believe I listened earlier than that, but then it kind of fell off. And then kind of when Battle of Gods was ramping back up, that's when I started listening again. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a ride ever since then. And, you know, I'm still listening to you whenever you put out a new episode. I'm like, oh, a new episode popped up on my feed. Let's, you know, I listen to it in the car ride or I'll be doing laundry and listening to you guys. So it's uh, it, this this entire episode was really an honor for me and for Jace as well. But uh, yeah, thank you 100% for this. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I hope yeah. I managed to remotely accomplish 
what you set out to accomplish. Oh, absolutely. So you have you have uh, gone above and beyond. Sir. Yeah, you have no idea. So uh, with that, we say thanks so much for tuning in. I'll tell you what, if you like what we had to say, you could follow us on Twitter. I am at Jace Rockland and Josh. I am at JCA90. You can also find us on Twitter at FGC Podcast, uh, as well as Instagram as uh, FGC Podcast as well, or email us at freshkeycontext at gmail.com. And Mike, if you'd like to plug anything you would need to plug. Sure. I mean, everything www.kanzenshuu.com. That's the site. And the site has its own, all of its social media. Uh, If you Type Vegito EX, and if you spell Vegito correctly, that is V E G E T T O. There's no I in Vegito. There's no I in Frieza. <laughs> Vegito EX. <laughs> uh, that, that's me everywhere. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you could also visit our website at freshgeekcontext.com for past episodes. And lastly, if you could, please hit that subscribe button for us on iTunes. Google Play Music Store and Stitcher Radio. It goes a long way for us to know that you're listening. You can also go to the podcast section on the podcast app of your favorite device and share with your friends so they can be fresh geeks too. See you next time. So what if you went with the Viz Vegerot spelling? How about that? Would that, you like that? That is my evil uh, twin brother. He has a goatee and a different colored scouter. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.